and we are recording with Mr. Leo Zagami on Tuesday, June 20th, 2023 at 4.10 p.m. Eastern Time. I have a cup of ice and water, and it's like making a lot of weird noises. It's never done this before. I don't know why it's doing that. Um, but guys, uh, Mr. Zagami's been here several times before. Uh, your book, uh, your books, Confessions of an Illuminati, are absolutely brilliant. I've always said my favorite one is number seven, um, but it's been a, and but they got number eight out now. We haven't talked in a while, um, but Mr. Zagami, could you please maybe catch everyone up to date and tell us on, and that's why I love having you on is you look at the super zoomed out picture. You don't, you, you look at where are we going as a whole spiritually, technologically, demons, angels, AI, warfare, bio, the war for free will. It really is the most zoomed out comprehensive picture of really anyone I talk to, which is why I love having you on. I also love your accent. I know you don't like it. You say Chef Boyardee. I love your accent. You got a badass accent. But um, guys, go into the description and please go support Mr. Zagami. Please go buy his books. They're absolutely incredible. But with that, Leo, how are you doing, sir? Great. And actually, yeah, Volume 7, it's a great book. And I'm actually doing a follow-up to, 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 to Volume 7 in a way. Uh, but it's a book that could be read, uh, will be able to be uh, in the future when it comes out. Um, also by people who maybe have not read the previous volumes. However, it's... Uh, uh, something that is coming up this summer, I will notify you when it's ready, is volume 9 of my uh, Confessions. I can give you, if you want, the, the, the title at the moment, at least temporarily. I think that that's the title that's going to stay for this book. It's uh, Confessions of Illuminati, volume 9, Seven Steps into the Secrets of the New World Disorder, from Transhumanism and Immortality to Gnostic Jesus, UFOs and Insect Witchcraft. So it's, it's kind yes. of... Uh, it's a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, uh, for the first time, we will be also discussing Jesus, uh, but uh, the Gnostic um, prospect of Jesus uh, that is often embraced by Freemasons, by uh, by the Illuminati, the various mystery schools that we call Illuminati. As you know, I uh, kind of tend to give this uh, name to a wide range of mystery schools, not only Adam Bishop, but also starting from Adam Bishop. So it's going to be very interesting uh, book to bring out uh, because there is going to be some new elements, of course, uh, of my research and my work. In the meantime, I'm, I'm of course, continuing with my, uh, my work uh, on the internet, uh, divulging amongst the censorship what I can, uh, especially because I'm still on YouTube. <laughs> I, I never really picked up that many viewers on Rumble, so I, I, I am present on Rumble, but I don't really have as many viewers as you have. And uh, um, hopefully we will be able today to just uh, verify some points on what is going on. And uh, I leave it to you, of course, for the questions. But uh, I would say that, of course, people uh, now are very much uh, taken by the um the whole alien thing and mm -hmm. as you know in volume seven of my confessions i made very clear that the actual uh, origins of the ai were to be researched in in the in the alien i mean the 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 topic uh, that we call ufo now wap uh, aliens and all that uh, it's it's actually what gave birth to the ai and that is a concept which i launched as you know in volume seven this uh, this uh, this proposing the AI as something alien, something uh, that is not uh, the fruit of this uh, planet only because of reverse engineering. And now that we have these confirmations regarding reverse engineering, of course, uh, it's all uh, confirming what I wrote already in volume seven. Uh, so that uh, it's a very interesting. Uh, uh, thing that at the moment needs, uh, I think, some discussion because, of course, it's the topic of the day for many uh, people. It's unbelievable that we have uh, uh, this kind of situation and that the government is hiding things at this level and that they have managed to hide it for so long. But in reality, they have managed to hide a lot of things for a long time. So, I mean, I don't know why people should be surprised. I mean, we are still here in 2023 
and not knowing who killed John Fitzgerald Kennedy. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's not like the government has not been able to keep secrets from us. Um, so as you understand, the whole topic of cyber Satan assumes also a, a very important relevance in regards to the end times. And that's why uh, I, I thought that I needed to bring out some more work regarding this topic in, in, in the coming months. Then also regarding, of course, uh, what is happening uh, with the Bohemian Grove uh, has been interesting. In the last week or so, we have seen uh, workers from the Bohemian Grove suing the Bohemian Grove. Once again, they are complaining about being uh, treated like slaves because they are there for 16 hour nonstop shifts at the Bohemian Grove uh, when this, and these billionaires don't even pay them the minimum wage of $15.50. Here in California, we have this minimum wage since 2008, but uh, the Bohemian Club, which is, uh, as you know, filled with people like uh, the husband of Nancy Pelosi, don't seem to really care. <laughs> so hypocrisy is all over the place. Uh, but the Bohemian Club had already some problems of that kind in the past, as you know. In, uh, in 2008, the, the workers of the actual club were uh, going on strike. This time, instead, uh, is a lawsuit from the workers of the of the Grove, which uh, which is interesting because, as we know, the Bohemian Club is not so discussed these days. It's not on top of the list of the conspiracy world because nowadays people seem to have uh, um, an understanding which is still very compartmentalized of the new world order. And as you said, they don't have really the full picture. While instead, I still think that it's important to discuss the Bohemian Club and their activities at the Bohemian Group because they are part of this whole network of secret societies that, of course, has as their ultimate overlords, the Jesuits. And the Jesuits, as you know, very important in Hollywood. I discussed all this in volume eight, uh, together with the Sabatian Frankist. But uh, uh, recently we have uh, seen uh, how they have uh, uh, made a film about Father Amort, this exorcist that, of course, was a real time exorcist. But uh, in, 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 in the fiction world of uh, uh, with Russell Crowe, it became this uh, this Hollywood movie, of course, you know, sensational. It's really about sensational. I mean, I tried to see if I could work with the people in Hollywood, tell you the truth. They contacted me, actually, the authors of that film <laughs> recently. Uh, and we kind of like, you know, held a long discussions. I think we talked for, I don't know, five or six hours in total. <laughs> Just to see if you know we could get to you know to some kind of arrangement, but it seems like at the moment Hollywood is it's a little bit like Oliver Stone has said recently. Oliver was in uh, in Romania. He was uh, I think receiving an award, and he said, "I don't see any difference from from seeing a movie and seeing a video game because it seems like yeah. it's all about action, 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 action." There is not really in and, and, and computer graphics, like I explained in volume eight, there is not really any plot anymore. It's just about being bombarded by sounds, yeah. by colors, by and and, 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 and and passively going through something that leaves you not really enriched culturally. It needs to leave you even more demented than when you went into the cinema, into the theater. So this uh, post-pandemic era. Uh, which, of course, sees us uh, again going into the cinemas and to the places where we, uh, you know, for, for a couple of years, we couldn't really go, especially people like us who didn't want to have that green card and all that BS. But um, I think that the problem is that people still need to mature uh, and, and, and understand that uh, we are at a turning point in history where, where we are getting bombarded with all this rubbish, but we are not really understanding that what's coming next is going to affect not only us, but generations to come. It's like uh, the political world is, 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 of course, fueled with uh, Trump and with what is happening uh, to him, uh, and, and and of course, it's 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 uh, it's it's very sad to see that uh, 
they're doing everything possible and imaginable to destroy the only candidate uh, that uh, in some way uh, would uh, probably bring uh, the bring back some sense of normality in the white house because i don't think we have that sense of normality anymore with joe biden who goes around saying god save the queen we are kind yeah. of left a little bit puzzled and always uh, so so we, we we are also witnessing the lack of uh, freedom of speech uh, the increase in censorship uh, not so visible over here yet but already very visible abroad and new laws are coming in in Europe in August uh, which will increase very much the censorship so that is also another another important topic that uh, unfortunately you know at times we need to discuss the, the, the fact that we are not able to really uh, reach a wider audience but we try so we attempt uh, and, and, and in my work uh, in uh, my work i'm trying to um uh, with the youtube uh, now not really focusing on the political side but i'm focusing on the occult roots of the illuminati in a long series which i have inaugurated this year which is still ongoing and uh, it's unfolding a bit their secrets uh, one by one in, in a more kind of like academic fashion and uh, just leave it to the people than to judge. Um, but I see a lot of problems uh, still in telling the truth uh, uh, because the people are either not ready or either they seem to uh, simply ignore that uh, it's not about uh, putting like uh, on a social network, but it's about, uh, about really getting involved. So I hope that there is uh, more activism, though it seems like people still don't, uh, they don't understand that we are really um, in front of an unprecedented moment in history, because if they are, you know, an acting president who is in the White House is going after a former president mm -hmm. in this way, we are really abandoning any sense of decency here in the United States. <laughs> yeah. So I hope that this gives you an idea of, uh, of what is happening in the future. Like I said, there's always, you know, the, 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 we have said that the AI is at the center of this transformation as well as transhumanism. Now it, it, it depends. Uh, uh, we need to see who is going to arrive at the White House in 2024 and if they will be capable to actually put a lid on it in some way and, and if they're able to control this thing before it goes out of hand. I mean, the moment in which the quantum computers start interacting and entering to the AI world actively, that that is going to be very problematic for human beings because the quantum computers seem to be really uh, then at that point uh, having a brain on, of their own in the way they can uh, work things out. Seems to be the point of no return. Yeah, and at the same time we have, you know, uh, like uh, you know, we discussed just earlier, the fact that everybody's talking about uh, this uh, whistleblower, the revelations about uh, alien spaceships and all that. But then we have also other revelations from the scientific world that are equally important. Uh, the fact that the Big Bang is being put into question, the actual fundaments of the Big Bang theory. And it is? Uh, yes, absolutely. The, 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 the whole concept of the Big Bang Theory uh, seems to be put in question because uh, from the new telescopes they have and the new technology they have, they're seeing that it doesn't reflect on the expansion of the universe so that inevitably that Big Bang will generate and it doesn't seem like we are there in the way that things are reflected in the cosmos. So there is uh, some discussion on uh, maybe... Uh, rediscussing even the concept of time as we know it. When, Which where where, where uh, <clears throat> I, I haven't I haven't seen I I guess, I guess I've just been too busy. So that that is but that is significant in that it seems to be the very 
Yeah, I think one of the, you know, I mean, one of the people who we can always rely on for some scientific data is uh, Miku Kaku, which seems to be always, you know, I mean, kind of the American uh, physicist, uh, futurologist that seems to be always on the ball with this kind of thing. Mm. So I will always suggest to go and view his videos because they seem to be quite down to the point when it comes down to both warning us about the danger of quantum compu uh, computers and at the same time, the, 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 this uh, new uh, revolutionary uh, concept that the Big Bang theory in reality might not be so accurate. And then uh, we need to rediscuss the whole concept of time and space. It seems to be if, if, if you can redefine the very fundamentals of the universe, then you can then insert whatever definitions you want from the ground up. I mean, the, the, I understand also, I mean, when it comes down to, to understanding the universe, of course, now that we have these quantum computers, now that we have this AI, we will have also the possibility to finally have a wider understanding. And that's the problem here. We have the Illuminati of today who want to rebuild an hypothetical golden age, just like in Atlantis. But the problem is that they are doing the same errors that brought the end to Atlantis. Now, um, without going into the history of Atlantis, but we can say that there's been, of course, some divine punishment in the past that is kind of like uh, um, divine punishment, it's divine retribution, if you want to be more appropriate. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's present... Uh, uh, in Noah's Ark uh, stories, present uh, in, in the Epic of Gilgamesh, is present in many cultures, but it's basically telling us that if we screw up, God is going to punish us. Yeah. And so the, 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 the aim of these, uh, of these uh, golden builders, uh, these uh, Rosicrucians, Illuminati, Freemasons, that for hundreds of years have picked up on the teachings of the Renaissance that, of course, in turn, were bringing us back to ancient Egypt, to the Alexandrian school and all the rest, it seems like, though, they are not capable, people like uh, um, Klaus Schwab, uh, uh, like his uh, philosopher, uh, uh, that, uh, of course, we, we it's, it, it's like not really... The, 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 the kind of philosopher that uh, you, you, you have uh, in mind when you talk about the philosopher, because uh, uh, Yuvari and, 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 and what is happening with everything that has to do with transhumanism and the way he's proposing this new technology in a very aggressive way, wanting to monitor every aspect of our life 24 hours a day. It's, it's, it's not really a golden age. I, I don't think we are approaching a golden age. I mean, they seem to think that the AI will bring us to a golden age. But that's not really the case. And so we need to rediscuss that. And we need to, but they are the people in power. So yeah. how are we going to front that kind of... Uh, no? So do you think... So on one hand, it almost makes it more dangerous then because it's not that Harari, It's one person, of course. Yeah. But here we have, when you start uh, studying all the papers from the various universities today, you understand that the academic milieu is made up of people like this who have a blind certainty in science and they think that it will bring us uh, all the solutions that we need. They don't really seem to focus so much on the problems they might generate. And when they think about the problems they might generate, they say it's a necessary evil for a technology that is going to uh, make our life so much better. And that is a big problem. And of course, uh, uh, this is not going to be the golden age when you have the AI, the cyber Satan controlling every aspect of our life, deciding where we can go, where we can't go, because our car today, you know, it's a car that uh, we can just put on and go wherever we want. But tomorrow is going to be a car that is going to be controlled by the AI. It's going to tell you that maybe today 
there is a problem in the air pollution or there is a problem in, in, in traffic or something and we just have to stay home or maybe if there is too much pollution in the air and we need to just stay home to help the world get better. This is the kind of BS that they're pushing, you know, the, the lockdowns of the future built around also the concept that everything has to be within 15 minutes. And if you don't, you know, they're already doing this in countries, in certain countries, like in England, they're starting to experiment this kind of thing. So I think that that's very sad, but that's where we're heading to. Do you think that the what you said about, you know, who whoever gets into office or who gets into the White House in 2024, can they put the lid back on AI? Do you think that that's possible or do you think that because it seems like even if we let's just say the United States puts the kibosh on AI development and research, China's not going to stop. India's not going to stop. So it yes, seems like uh, it seems to me that uh, we are still capable of stopping the development of this AI grid around us, which makes us more um, depending on it. So, you know, that's why the more we go towards the so-called green technology, the more we are actually going towards depending from the AI. The more we are choosing, you know, to maybe put a smart uh, thermometer in a house rather than a normal one uh, and then connecting it to our air conditioning or the, the fact that we have a smart house, a smart this or smart that. I always said in my books, as you know, that that equals Satan, not smart. And it's actually not very smart to uh, embrace this technology. But this idea of a golden age that follows us since the time of Plato and, uh, and since the, 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 the Critias and since the, the, the description of Atlantis and then his idea of a republic. But it was an idea that was very far from our idea because the, the, the let's say, the communist view that Plato had was not really a communist view because you still leave the ruling classes where they are and they will still be ruling you. Uh, it was simply the, the, the fact that you could get the ruling classes to maybe realize and reason better. That's maybe the concept that Plato wanted to implement. And then when you see all these people, the Illuminati, they embrace these ideas. They embrace these ideas from uh, ancient Greece, from ancient Rome, from ancient Egypt. But then when they actually put them into practice, uh, they put them to practice with a completely different uh, set, uh, set of mind. Because in Plato's idea, there was a disinterested ruler, a disinterested king, a disinterested person that was in charge, that was doing everything for the people. And that actually was, uh, you know, was taking on uh, responsibility, but uh, was doing it uh, uh, respectfully uh, of, of all these uh, rules uh, that, uh, of course, then had to be discussed. Uh, and it was never like just uh, people going to Washington and doing their own business for their own family and for their own friends, meaning people like Joe Biden, who have uh, stolen, for example, millions of dollars, uh, been involved with a lot of uh, crookery. And, 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 and that is not really for the interest of the people, it's for their own interest. So you see, there is not that self-interest that in the ancient times these philosophers are. So at times they, they seem to refer to this ancient times but they don't really then uh, want to reflect that this disinterested self uh, this uh, that that way of wanting to really work for the for the good of the people that is not really in the interest of 99 percent of the people who goes to davos seems to be just people who want their own good uh, and it seems like that is this uh, is, is the, the concept of uh, volodymyr zelensky who is in charge of a country that, of course, has already suffered a lot and could 
stop at any time this war, but because of his own personal interest, because he wants to continue, you know, receiving money, weapons from the West, growing his own personal power. He knows that the moment this war ends, his own pathetic uh, little theater, because he is an actor after all, will come crumbling down. I think that is pretty clear that we are not living in a world where there is people who are putting their ideals in front. They just have their own personal interest. Mm. And that was really what, uh, you know, when, when, for example, Plato was discussing his own concept of the Republic or, or the ancient philosophers, were, they were doing it to, you know, they were trying to get the ruling classes to become more disinterested, more interested that, about the public good, but it doesn't mean communism. Communism is a very different thing. Marxism is a very different thing. And it's a dangerous ideology that unfortunately seems to uh, have taken over the intellectual establishment. And so these days when you go to a university and 90% of the universities, unfortunately, are promoting this ideology. And they do it, you know, in their paper, you know, in their various journals, in their, and they're pushing it, you know. They're pushing Marxism, they're pushing socialism to these millennials who don't know any better and embrace it. That's very sad. Do you think that we are approaching, a, I guess, an inflection point as the government starts to openly acknowledge UFOs more and, you know, in the, I guess, the idea that, that UFOs or aliens are, are, are demonic or satanic and no different than AI. Are we, are we kind of approaching an inflection point in humanity? Well, I mean, I think that if the AI uh, comes through of course, uh, in the next few years, uh, the topic also of uh, the aliens, uh, it's, it's, it's going to become part of the discussion because the AI also will multiply. You know, I mean, you want an answer to the Fermi paradox, the AI will give it to you. But is that a genuine and disinterested answer? You have to understand that if this reverse engineering thing is real, every technology that we have here, as we are using it now, me and you and everything that we have, our computers, our phones, everything, is potentially an alien object. Mm. So the problem at, the, at this point is that we have already a Trojan horse that is uh, in, uh, controlling our life, and we let it happen. So the aliens didn't need to land with the big spaceships around us, and that is really an interesting topic also of the academic world. In the early month of June, before all these revelations started, there was actually some very important revelations in the academic world made by some uh, people who started to publish papers saying the aliens will come through the AI. Yeah. Yeah. It's the idea that they're going to come from spaceships, I think, is... Uh... No, no, no. They will come through the AI. Like, yeah. You know, and, 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 and that is a completely different idea. And one of the, I think, we said before, of course, the work of uh, of Miku Kaku is a great joy. It's a great uh, kind of is interesting, is um, engaging. But also the work of Martin Rees is very engaging. Martin Rees is a member of the House of Lords in the United Kingdom, but he's also uh, the fifteenth astronomer royal appointed in uh, 1995. I talked about him in one of my confessions, and uh, his recent papers on, uh, have been very interesting uh, on, on, on how the aliens might actually influence us through the AI. It's, uh, it's a very different kind of approach. Uh, and and, and uh, it goes basically in line with what I've been saying in volume seven. So that's, I was, I was happy about uh, uh, that. Uh, instead, when it comes down to this um, whistleblower suddenly talking and coming out with these revelations, well, it's it's of course uh, it's also a psyop. It's a big psychological operation. You are um, 
are you genuine? I doubt it because you have the permission of the Pentagon to say these things, even if the Pentagon after says it's not true that we have a reverse engineering program, but you are actually putting and insinuating these ideas in the minds of millions. So there is a reason for doing that. And the reason is that when you go around, most people accept already the alien hypothesis. So now the next step is how to sell it for them, no? Yeah. How to sell it and, if possible, also how to sell it for our own disadvantage, meaning for their own strategy of tension. That's why there has always been a lot of talk, you know, with this Project Bluebeam nonsense. But when it comes down to Project Bluebeam, it's the creation of one single person. And uh, I never found any other evidence. And so I'm always like, you know, this uh, Serge Monast created this, uh, this uh, whole Project Bluebeam thing. There is still a lot of talk of it. Still a lot, you know, the artificial second coming. But I don't base my work on hypotheses uh, laid down on the internet by a journalist. Yeah. Because uh, I have my own work conducted through the years, as you know, with my own background in the secret societies and stuff. And I don't expect anybody to, to, to believe me. But if I was somebody who had put through Let's say Project Bluebeam. I make an example here. No. But then nobody else is discussing it. There is no any other evidence from any other person. Uh, how can we believe in something like this? It's been a conspiracy around uh, since the uh, first uh, part of the 90s. I mean, uh, so it's not like a, a, a recent conspiracy. The guy, Serge, Serge Monastre, this Canadian guy, died in 96. So, I mean, it's been long gone. But maybe the system embraced this theory because, in a way, when you are saying, you know, uh, you are selling the fact that the second coming is artificial and is BS, who is going to take advantage of that? Yeah. The system. So for me, it's very important. Also, in my new book, in volume nine that I'm completing, it was very important to clarify this. And, uh, of course, not only this, there's many other things I discussed, but this was an important uh, thing because I, I think that uh, every time, you know, like recently I stopped working with Infowars. Alex Jones is not having me on anymore because he doesn't want to discuss the Vatican. Hmm. He doesn't want to discuss the Jesuits. After the Sandy Hook uh, trial, the, the, the big uh, one billion uh, fee that he's supposed to pay, and in theory he's in theory because then in practice we have to see he is bankrupt. But apparently, then suddenly you know Steve Bannon appears in the picture. Steve Bannon is connected to Opus Dei. I'm not really somebody who gets along with the Opus Dei because they are a sect within the Catholic Church. And suddenly he doesn't want to have me on board anymore. But the last possibility he gave me was to go on Infowars and discuss Project Bluebeam. And I told him to, to I didn't tell him to screw himself, yeah. but I just said, sorry, I'm not somebody who has risked his life for many years, also working for Infowars in Italy, I was mm -hmm. risking exposing the Vatican and I exposed some serious stuff, some concrete, you know, like scoops made out of real journalism. And then become something, somebody who embraces Project Bluebeam, a, a conspiracy theory, which I don't even believe is true. Hmm. It's, uh, it was a little bit disappointing. Yeah. No, that's got to be disappointing for a lot of people. You know, um, it's disappointing for a lot of people that want to believe in Alex Jones as the tip of the spear. But the moment in which you uh, don't discuss the Vatican any longer or the Jesuits, 
you are no longer at the tip of the spear. Well, I think it's the moment when any one topic becomes untouchable. It seems that you're no longer being sincere and you're no longer open to all options, right? Yes, absolutely. It doesn't necessarily mean one thing or the other is the answer, but how how could I call myself an unbiased show if I said we can talk about anything aside from the Vatican? I'll be like, well, you're you're now putting lines around what is and what isn't true. And that is by default not having an open mind to be open to all theories and all explanations, right? That's not that's not how critical thinking works. You have to take in all possible routes and, and explanations and and then whittle them down. But that's yeah, that's gotta be that's gotta be frustrating from your point of view. Well, I'm frustrating. I'm simply, you know, disappointed because I, you know, seven years of my life until the last year, uh, basically my involvement with uh, with uh, Infowars was also a professional one. I had my books on their store and other things. So, I mean, it's 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 uh, it's also a professional uh, thing. But at the same time, it's disappointing because you have an idea, an idea and an ideal that you want to, in some kind, uh, in some way, you want to fight the system. And I thought that Alex was genuine, but then now I understand he's not. Now he's just up to save his own business. And, and, and that's uh, not really how I operate. Hmm. I have lost a lot because of my ideas, because of uh, pursuing this uh, this uh, fight against these people which I deem as criminals, as Satanists, as, as evildoers. I will never give up on my fight. Even if I had to leave, you know, I had to leave Italy, I had to leave everything I owned and, and a lot of other things. So in the end, uh, you know, I, I know that at least when I go to bed in the evening, I go to bed, but my conscience is clear. I have done everything possible and imaginable, even renouncing to see my own son, which I didn't see since 2000 and uh, early 2008. So, I mean, this demonstrates that I'm pretty sincere in, 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 in my work because back then, you know, they offered me, you can either, you know, see your son again or you or, or you can continue to expose us you know that was basically what they they made me understand in their in what they, they were pretty clear pretty direct about it so i made a choice so for me like i said i i, I i've been working way too much in exposing the real evildoers of the new world order with all my books from volume 8, volume 7, volume 6.66, volume 5, 4, 3, Invisible Master, the book I did on Pope Francis, all books that have revealed the new things, have brought new things to the table, and that's why they've been successful. Mm. That's why I'm looking forward to bring more things to the table in my next book, and at the same time, uh, I'm not somebody who is going to start... talking about things he doesn't even believe in. Yeah. I mean, I'm, like I said also when I was recently at Contact in the Desert, which is a UFO conference. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, I have a lot of friends there, a lot of people. I myself had, you know, I, I have published Invisible Master, which is regarded by people like Brad Olson, my publisher for that book, like uh, as a re- revolutionary book, a book that really has suddenly put UFO under a new perspective, which was the its connection with the occult. But I'm not a ufologist. Yeah. I will lie if I say I'm a ufologist because I'm not. So I always say, yes, I am an investigative journalist who has exposed his past life also. And with the help of my past experiences, I was able to, uh, to, to write these books. But uh, I'm not going to start fantasizing on things that I didn't have any direct experience with. Yeah. The direct experience with the alien, with the UFOs, I had. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to be left the rest of my life talking about that because yeah. it's, 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 uh, the work I'm doing is a much wider kind of work. You know, I want to bring my readers to the final realization of what they have around them. And then 
they can make their own mind up because when you read volume eight and you read about, for example, show business and everything that goes on within show business and how it's manipulated and how we are basically being attacked from, you know, from all corners, from the sounds that we listen to, the, the images that are projected to us on TV, in the cinema and all the rest and all the history that goes back from the very early days of Hollywood until now, you understand the level of manipulation and that gives you something a realization. The same with volume seven, where I make people understand that, that there is an occult background to the Great Reset. It's not simply that uh, Klaus Schwab uh, wakes up one day and he creates Davos and suddenly everybody arrives in Davos. Yeah. That doesn't happen like that. No. So I had to explain, you know, all the various connections from the Golden Fleece to the Jesuits, the Pact of the Catacombs, the various Masonic or Illuminati orders, and all this, of course, in a book, like you said, uh, you like it very much, Volume 7, which definitely has give, given a different prospect about the Great Reset. When it comes to Volume 6, I did... Uh, for the first time, and I'm still, you know, very happy of that book because I finally presented this concept of cyber Satan. And people were not really in early 2019 when it came out, and I worked on it, of course, in 2018. They were not really that conscious about the dangers of the AI. They were still kind of, you know, the pandemic uh, was not uh, yet, didn't happen yet. Uh, everything was still far from happening so people had a different view of things and uh, and instead i denounced this connection between modern technology artificial intelligence the vatican the the, the satanist the history of satanism and, and how uh, you know we are now really fronting this uh, incredible enemy that is still the old enemy satan is always the same old enemy but in a new 2.0 kind of modality. So I'm very happy with also that book because it brought that out. And when it comes to volume five, I, I'm happy because I brought uh, a kind of like uh, draw a perspective of the whole Western initiatic system. As you know, we discussed these books one by one in your show. So that's why I'm kind of making a resume now. But as you know, we have discussed them with you. And then and, and that was also a very interesting book. I then uh, decided, uh, proposed to my wife to then publish another edition. And we added those elements that are starting to prove completely, comp uh, I mean, completely accurate about Buan and all the rest. So, I mean, it was still, it's still accurate to this day. And then we have, of course, volume four, in which I explained how the Sabatian Frankis comes into the equation, how, who they are, how they link to the various secret societies. The Gnostic concept of the Archons, how also in the last five centuries, we basically had this growing uh, Satanism that is really coming out also of the grimoires, uh, of the ancient grimoires in, that were used. And, and, and if we want to understand the better the concept of, of, of the archons we can say that basically the Gnostics see everything as evil which I don't share the same opinion eh? because I don't think that everything is inherently evil but they have this uh, you know so for them the seven planets are the seven archons are the seven dominators uh, for the uh, you know for, for, for the for the evil god that has created us in this matter that is uh, well I mean the problem here is that uh, the Gnostics are the Illuminati of today, in a way, in some of the things they did uh, and what uh, are the, the, their beliefs that they have carried on. When you go and study them, I mean, they came just at the time of Jesus, and that's when they started to spread. Uh, I mean, they were present even before Jesus, but they inserted the element of Christianity at times to make themselves more appetizing. But at the same time, they were also indulging with grimoires, magic, uh, uh, evocations, and doing things that simply were not really uh, something that you should be doing. So I think that uh, the last uh, 
2000 years that we have had behind the scenes uh, a different kind of Christianity, which I want to present in this new book I'm writing. And that's going to be very shocking for a lot of people to see the level of manipulation. Um, I mean, from the time of Jesus, because, uh, yes, Gnosticism becomes really popular in the second century after Christ, but it already it's present with Jesus. So when you have Simon Magus who goes after St. Peter, there is this confrontation in Rome. There is the sin of simony, which starts, which is selling spiritual titles. Well, it's born out of Simon Magus who wanted to buy his own influence within the 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 disciples and he never managed he never really managed to get there uh, but he gave birth of course to one of the most important gnostic currents and you have also apollonius tatiana you have these figures that need to be understood and uh, as well as understand the fight that the first church fathers did against these dangerous heresies and I say dangerous because at times today, like I'm going to show in my new book, uh, uh, you have a real conspiracy that starts from the 1980s to rehash and relaunch this whole Gnostic, um, this whole Gnostic myth. Mm. And um, and so that, that is very important, I think, uh, that people uh, realize that the first Christians had to fight also with a dangerous heresy because these people are the same people who are now proposing us uh, the lies of transhumanism and uh, uh, the promise of a golden age because then of course gnosticism uh, it's, 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 it, it didn't die it, it stayed behind the scenes and then gradually reemerged in freemasonry in the in rosicrucianism and, and, and many other currents uh, just to name, uh, I mean, Crowley became even a bishop, you know, a head of his Ecclesia Gnostica Catholica, but then he made as one of his saints Adam Bishop, the founder of the Illuminati, just to tell you, I mean, how, how you know, confirming that uh, link with uh, this uh, dangerous uh, heresies. So that for people say, but who cares about these heresies? You know, people today in their pragmatism, in their uh, materialism, um, they probably don't care about these things. But then you have to make them realize why they are so important, why they actually interfere with your own life today. So my work, as you know, is to decontextualize and to then recontextualize in a different context in which you are understanding really that all these things have affected us in one way or another. And... Uh, and, and that, that's why I think that people will particularly appreciate all my books that I did because they're all very much uh, directed to make the people reawake their instincts of their curiosity, but then give them also the tools to free themselves from this prison made of lies that... Of course, sees also the participation of the academic world, but that's 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 sad, but it's true. No? These days, I have people as every now and then says, "Why don't you go and teach in this university or this other university?" I say, nah, nah. yeah. I mean, if you as soon as you go on a campus, you're probably gonna have Antifa or whatever, and they're gonna come and beat you up or yeah. do all kinds of things. You know, I had a had some people when I first arrived here in America that wanted me to go to have a speech in uh, Berkeley. And I had to tell them, uh, are you sure? And then after a week, they said, no, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, it's not possible. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I was like, I knew it. I yeah. mean, it's just, you know, they shouldn't have even tried because I know that I'm not welcome in this kind of situation, yeah. in that kind of context, which is very sad because, you know, this means that today you are not really able to spread culture, but simply propaganda, which mm -hmm. is a different thing, a version of truth, not the truth. Interesting. This is very sad, but this is the reality a of things. A version of truth. Um, yeah. To in the, in the last couple minutes, if we could touch on so one thing you do touch about on your books, and I've always appreciated, is um, you have a more nuanced view of 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 trump 
in that you aren't glossed over by you know, you look at a lot of the things he's done and you're like that isn't that's not entirely what a good guy would do um i'm just wondering what your thoughts on uh what your thoughts are uh going into 2024 uh, rfk jr I mean, politics uh, like we said earlier and when you know i discussed plato and i discussed his own view but I, I, like I said, it's the, the politicians of today, they don't do it for their own, uh, yeah. for their own idea, for their own ideals, for their own uh, uh, obsession with uh, giving maybe a better life to everybody, which is a nice concept. And it should be really the concept of a true leader to help. You know, I'm here to help. I'm not, I'm here to serve rather than to, to 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 order you around now i think that in, in, in that amongst all the politicians that we have trump is somebody who has sacrificed his own business in order to embrace politics not the other way around his business hasn't really uh, taking advantage of his political career it has actually most of the times he has lost you know because trump before was a tv personality that didn't have really a political categorization it wasn't really you know the enemy of anybody it was simply a tv personality the apprentice you know so people we welcome him from the left from the right from any and, and and they will not criticize and then he, he went into the political arena and they started to of course criticize him and i noticed a fundamental difference with silvio berlusconi who just uh, who just died a few days ago silvio berlusconi uh, was uh, a media tycoon but before that he was also like uh, like trump a constructor he was uh, somebody who constructed a whole part of Milan called Milano Due. So he was very much into the same business as Trump. Then Trump didn't go into the media business in the same way. Berlusconi had a more active, direct involvement in constructing the media, uh, while instead Trump became participant to, to, to a show. And of course, uh, he, he liked his presence in, on the media. That was... Uh, uh, but at one point... Uh, I was politically involved with Berlusconi uh, around 10 years ago because uh, I participated with his uh, political party to the election. So I saw things from within. And I was very disappointed because I wanted to uh, help him out politically after I saw the Bilderberg Club kicking his, kicking his ass, literally kicking him out of politics uh, almost in 2011 when they... Thanks to all these scandals, they were, you know, he was a guy who like uh, he liked the ladies, he liked to have fun. Maybe, maybe too much. Maybe at times it was just, you know, and it's minors that becomes really mm. even if it's seventeen, it starts to become a little bit. So, yeah. but Berlusconi was blackmailable, and most of these people are blackmailable all of them who arrive to certain position of power so then after they simply comply and in 2011 berlusconi had to comply because his own business was threatened with 500 million fine to which he might even receive further fines so at that point he will have lost all his money because his let's say that trump has around two three billion three to five billion uh, berlusconi had six billion and his oh. family had six billion so a bigger um and uh, and he was about to lose everything to politics so at that point he had to make a choice and from that moment onwards he never discussed again communism he was a guy who was bashing communists every day for years you know bashing them criticizing Suddenly, he, he didn't do that any longer. Suddenly, he stopped. Suddenly, he started to conform. And then, of course, you know, the fines, you know, disappear, the persecution. 
of the judiciary kind of slows down. Uh, and every time he might do something that they didn't like, they will immediately threaten them with another lawsuit case of some kind. So I'm seeing the same thing done with Trump, no? but Trump seems to want to continue to fight. Yeah. Something that Berlusconi didn't do. So he might have a lot of thoughts, personally, as a man uh, and all that, but he is somebody who is really fighting and he's risking a lot. And if he continues to fight, well, the more he continues to fight, the more I have respect to him, uh, respect for him, because Berlusconi didn't fight. And in the end, he sold out and it was really sad to see. And it was pathetic. His own political party in the end lost more and more. And then, of course, the Fratelli d'Italia, which was like born out of his own political milieu, rose because they became, you know, the ones who wanted to be more populist. But even them, in the end, they are all part of the establishment. And even and even uh, Meloni knows very well that if she doesn't comply with everything that is said about Ukraine, this, that, and all the other, they will. Uh, she will not last. So uh, I'm still hopeful about Trump for 2024, if mm. that's the question. I, like I said in volume seven, I don't mind DeSantis for what he has done in Florida, but sure. if he wants to challenge Trump, then he's insane because that's not going to happen. Yeah. And my ideal solution was just pass him on the vice presidency because it's always good to keep your enemy close. Though, I mean, at least, you know, he's your enemy with Mike Pence. He was like, you know, behaving like a poodle, but in the end, he is a scorpion. Yeah. Because he's he's a guy who's now really betraying Trump and with what he says, and uh, and I don't like his demeanor. I don't like really his, his political. Pro I don't think he's gonna go anywhere. I don't think anybody believes that Mike Pence can go no. anywhere. I don't think that that anybody thinks that Chris Christie is gonna go anywhere or or all the other candidates. But my last message is: Let's pray for America because. Unfortunately, 2024 might be the last elections. And after that, we either have civil unrest, civil war, the breakup of the country, or either we have absolute compliance and we have basically uh, the United, the Communist States of America. Yeah. So under China. So that is this, these are the two options here. It's not like... And or hopefully, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe Trump the second time will be a little bit more diplomatic and will be able also to bring back more people uh, that thought about him as being not suitable. Because then, I mean, I think that everybody now is prefers Trump tweets that millions of illegals arriving or uh, the threat of nuclear war or uh, God save the queen by an imbecile who is in the White House. So thank you so much for having me today here. I invite all the people to go to my website, leozagami.com, to read my latest articles, purchase my books, uh, my latest one, of course, volume eight, but also volume seven and all the others. I didn't talk about the trilogy, but of course, uh, volume one uh, we discussed is at the basis just of, uh, you know, my idea of how the Illuminati are and not my idea. I mean, the way that uh, this concept of the Illuminati is really unveiled for the first time with honesty, I think, in volume one. The volume two it was a very controversial book. A lot of people don't know that, but it was a book that is still nowadays censored in some prisons like in Arizona. And it's uh, actually a book that uh, uh, had some lawsuit threats by Satanists or the Brotherhood of Satan who said they were not part of me. Crazy stuff. But it's a book that is worth reading where I said that in 2020 there will be actually a virus that will lock you inside your home. So, I mean, it was something that uh, it's uh, laid there.
for everybody to see and read uh, written and published uh, then in 2015 and then you have well, written before but published and then we have volume three which is dedicated instead to the murky world of the tempers the vatican espionage world the satanist around it uh, and the disappearance of emmanuel orlandi which has only recently become popular uh, thanks to netflix so, yeah. i mean that was something that I brought out a long time ago also with my interviews to his brother to to to, to his brother and, and and so i hope that now with this bigger exposure we will come down to some conclusion about that case in the end so thank you very much for having me on and god bless you guys thank you leo guys please go in the description please go support mr zagami please go buy his books and leo as always my show is your show whenever you want. I'd, I'd love to have you on again. And uh, I look forward to talking next time. Well, next time is going to be about volume nine. So I'm looking forward to talk to you, hopefully between uh, August, September, October. I mean, when I'm going to be promoting my new book. Beautiful. I will make a note of it. Mr. Leo Zagami, God bless. Thank you for everything you do. Recording Guys, thank stopped. you for watching. Please go support Mr. Zagami. Peace.